Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Feel Better with Tara Styles. I'm Tara Styles, and welcome to the show. Yay! All right, today I want to get right into it. This is a topic that kind of builds on a few of the areas that we've been chatting about so far, and really a lot of the feedback that I've gotten so far about this. Thank you so much for so much feedback, by the way. I really appreciate it. Helps to improve what I do in all ways. And so much of the feedback has been more questions about career and success, also tied into health and well-being, kind of this real big idea that so many of us feel drawn toward, which is living a good life, my goodness, having sustainable finances and also sustainable well-being. <laughs> and sustainable life choices. So I'm grateful that I'm alive right now, my goodness, just for being alive purposes. But it really does feel like we're in the middle or someplace in an awakening of, okay, we all want to be able to have a roof over our head, be successful, feel successful in some way. But equally, we all want to be healthy, be happy, be free. And growing up in the 80s and 90s, that kind of story wasn't really sold to us, you know, on the billboards and in the schools and all of these things, unless you had some sort of alternative education and then super cool, you know, you're probably one of the the forefronts of this kind of thinking for sure. You've been doing it all along. But really, we were taught, most of us, to you know, work hard, get a good job, get the grades, whatever it is, you know, and then make as much money as possible, <laughs> however you can do that, and forget everything else. Who cares if you're not healthy? You can get a prescription to fix these things, you know, this kind of a, an idea. And there's a wonderful book I would love all of you to read. It's it's amazing. <laughs> He's an amazing person, author Casey Gerald. I've just completely fallen in love with his being, his essence, his communication is everything. He wrote a book called There Will Be No Miracles Here. And it's his story of 
sort of living and achieving the American dream. You know, he comes from uh, a, a small background, I would say. His dad was a football player. He became a football player. He's smart. He became educated, went to college on scholarship, got the jobs, got the flashy things, and then realized, wait a minute, <laughs> this does not feel good. This is not really uh, living up to the, the sales pitch of it all. So he is a wonderful, prolific writer. Uh, you know, I encourage you to follow him as well on social media and Twitter and all of those things and just, you know, Google his name and read everything that he writes. He writes a lot and does a lot of profiles and writes on a lot of these topics of the great resignation, the great awakening, this kind of a thing. He goes on CNN and he's just so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I mean, first of all, he's gorgeous, but so beautiful to watch. He will he will penetrate your soul and you will say, yes, <laughs> this makes so much sense. And now let me change everything. So I got to hear him speak a few years ago at BOF, uh, Business of Fashions Conference in outside of London at a beautiful place called the Soho Farmhouse, which is, you know, a magical fairyland <laughs> of um, relaxation and living with nature, which was such a beautiful backdrop for all of these ideas. And again, really what I want to share with you today, just to lift the veil, is creating financial stability, or at least how I've created it. And I've been interested probably for longer than I'd even realize in sustainability, in my own kind of sustainability. And I've kind of fallen off and, and got back on the wagon in so many different ways. But it's really an area that I'm interested in. And, you know, I can speak with some having something to talk about a little bit because, you know, from the outside in, I've quote unquote made it. I've been able to earn a living doing this thing of yoga for a long time now, supporting myself, my family, yay, <laughs> involving Mike, who's uh, much more educated than me. I always like to joke with him about that. You know, he's Mr. Got invited to go to Exeter, got invited to go to Harvard, got invited to go to Oxford, you know, all of these other things as well. Essentially, I have pulled him over <laughs> to the yoga side of things. And he's a great co-creator and collaborator as well, for sure. But I, I, you know, I feel happy that I've been able to sustain myself, support my family and support other people as well and teach how to do this, the, the yoga part of the thing, not really the how to, you know, support yourself financially kind of a thing. Because there's so many factors and I don't want to come at this with a, hey, I made it and here's how five steps you can do it too. And build your email list and how to grow on social media. And ah, those things just stress me out. <laughs> I, I don't like them. I don't like to focus from where I'm coming from anything, from those kind of external things that might happen along the way, but, but really is so not good to focus there, to start to focus there, at least from my experience. So again, all of this is my story my experience and, you know, maybe my opinion and sharing these things and having 
uh, a few and more and more people start to apply the same kinds of things in their own way, in their own lives, and also experience sustainability as well. So this isn't a codified five-step plan. I'm not trying to create my own school of finance or anything like that. It's just a story. But I have to share really to give myself a little bit of credit, just a tiny, tiny bit that, you know, when I share my own story and some reflections about where I've come and how I've gotten to where I'm going and am and all of these things in our training groups, when we have, you know, I set aside like an hour or something in an afternoon to talk about career really on how to bring yourself into the world as a yoga teacher, as a guide, and how to start to think about doing that sustainably for yourself, whether it's a part of your life or it starts to become your whole life. And there are some, you know, pretty easy steps to follow to do that for sure. None of it is a trick. None of it is trying to swayed people to do something that they don't want to do. None of that is sustainable. I don't really like any of that stuff either. You know, it's not fun. But all right, so he, here goes. Let's let's share the story. So I started doing these yoga things. And again, I kind of repeating myself a little bit with past podcasts, just talking about success, but let's focus on the finance side of things because, you know, this is this is an area of interest. Tell me about the money. <laughs> so I don't think it's it's a good idea for myself and, you know, maybe for others as well, thinking about sustainability, to charge money for something that you're not good at yet. <laughs> so for a long time, I didn't charge for yoga because I didn't see myself as someone who was for sure going to make it work, make it, uh, you know, effective for this person. I was getting practice and people were essentially volunteering for me to do this practice. So... You know, I have my dance background to thank for that learning, studying, getting good, you know, and then you get to perform, you know, as an understudy, (laughs) you know, and then after so much time of that, you get, you know, a small part and a bigger part and a bigger part and kind of work your way up. So I applied this without a lot of conscious, you know, paperwork to my, my work practice of yoga. So it wasn't until people started telling me, hey, this is working. I want to give you a little bit of money for this. This was my private kind of one-on-one people. And I already knew that it was working because somebody I was leading yoga with loved it and had a friend and invited me to do the same. And soon my schedule was full doing that in the mornings, which also allowed me to do other things during the day to, you know, work or make money or pursue my interests or passions or study and things like this. So I knew right away to organize my learning time of yoga, my learning and practicing hours with people outside of the other times that I had where I needed to for sure earn a living, you know, doing whatever gigs I was doing at the time. I was dancing and doing TV commercials. When I'm not doing a TV commercial, you have to go around and audition for TV commercials or hope to get an audition for TV commercials. So this was, you know, a long time ago, but not my life now. But anyway, you know, there's a lot of parallels to people that I would meet and say, well, I I need to do this sort of outside of my, my other time. So I'm not infringing on my time. And when people started paying me a little bit for this, I didn't want to charge a lot because I wanted it to be sustainable for them 
okay, okay, you can pay me $40, fine. Maybe it's $60. Maybe it starts to go up to $100. Whoa. Somebody said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do yoga with you for $100. That's what everybody else is charging. It's like, okay, fine. In New York, but if I was not in New York, I would never charge $100 for a yoga session. It's just not uh, fair for what people are earning somewhere else, perhaps. And my expenses for my rent probably wouldn't be as high. So again, just thinking about sustainability. So I kind of got up to this $100 an hour mark for leading yoga one-on-one. After years of free, after months of $40, some $60, some people paid this much, some people paid this much, and some people were free. You know, I love, for me, you know, again, this is my story, not to say you need to do it just like this, but for me, I love sharing with someone who can't necessarily pay me. And they deserve it too, you know. (laughs) If I happen to come across that person, then let's do it. Also, what happens for me with people that I would lead things for free is, you know, you never know. It always comes back in some beautiful way. They may know somebody wonderful to introduce you to who may pick you up and give you an opportunity for something else. So these are ways that I feel like I got lucky getting opportunities for write, to write for the Huffington Post or Women's Health Magazine or do certain apps all came from essentially me leading yoga for free. So I know especially now there's this stigma of, you know, don't give away your value and these kind of things. And Instagram and social media really explodes everybody's inner thoughts onto, you know, like spaghetti on the wall <laughs> everywhere. So again, for me, it's not devaluing myself to give away my skill and my gift for free. Not all the time, but for a certain person or a situation that feels right, definitely for sure. And always, you know, I still do 100%. So this kind of a thing led me to essentially start to earn a little bit of money. I would put that money in my little ATM machine, like put the cash in the ATM machine and and look at my checking account and go, oh, wow. Okay, so now I can pay my rent with this money. I can start to let go of some of the other things that I was doing. So I would go on less commercial gigs or less auditions or whatever that weren't fulfilling my interests at the time and do more of this yoga stuff which led me personally to do more and more commercial yoga things. And this isn't going to be everybody's case. It's very unique to me. I'm a ham on camera and love to do all of these different things. So, you know, again, I got lucky to do partnerships with companies that I was working with or writing for, blogging for. One of my first gigs that I made more money than I thought that I should (laughs) on for sure was, and I'm not allowed to discuss numbers and things like this, contracts. If you ever get into contracts, there's little clauses that say you cannot tell anybody anything about this. But just to say, you know, that was like a wow moment for me. One of my first wow moments was the first book that I wrote was a wow moment. Oh, wow. I'm getting paid this to write a book. And it compared to what people get paid to write books, it wasn't a big deal. But for me, my goodness, I was making $100 a day teaching yoga and thinking that was a big deal. So getting a chance to write a book, wow. Also getting a regular column 
at a magazine and getting a few hundred dollars a month to do this. Wow. And this is something I'm doing in my spare time. Meanwhile, also blogging for free for kind of high-trafficked blogs like Huffington Post. And my friends Jason and Colleen Walkup, I just started Mind Bite Green, so I'm blogging for them for free, you know, but I'm getting, you know, everybody hates this word, but exposure. <laughs> but for me, I love good exposure. So I don't have a problem doing a lot of different things at once. I love it. Getting to know myself is fine. I save this money that I make as well. I put it in the bank <laughs> and, and pretend like I don't have it, right? So the, the other gig that I got around that time was for uh, Nissan made this electric car and they had invited me and Ryan Hall, who's a really fast, amazing person. I got to meet him as well, marathon runner. Lance Armstrong at the time, then it became his coach <laughs> because of the Lance Armstrong scandals. And various people in different modalities of fitness and well-being. And I got paid a pretty great chunk of money to do this. And it was over a long period of time. So I got other things to do, like I could travel and do a class for a 5K in, I think it was one in Colorado. <laughs> I remember doing that and I had lost my voice. I'd never lost my voice before, but I lost my voice. And I had to teach this yoga class. And then this guy, Waylon Lewis, if you know him, he started this blog years ago called Elephant Journal. And he was one of my first, you know, uh, professional friends in the media and also critics. You know, he'd like to be very journalistic. And he came to this event and I knew he was going to come and say, what do you think you're doing here? Like promoting this electric car <laughs> and using yoga to do that. It was very kind of controversial at the time, if you can believe it. And I remember trying to explain to him that electric cars are a good idea. <laughs> you know, now, hey, you don't really have to explain these things too much when you're tying uh, something useful, wellness-focused to, you know, a brand. Sometimes it can become a little dicey. But, you know, I thought I was making pretty good choices. <laughs> so we're walking along after this event. We go out for some uh, vegetarian sushi and he's, he's, he's drilling into me, you know, and I'm just thinking, well, I'm creating this sustainable life for myself. And he's, you know, being nice to me as well. So hi, Waylon, if you're watching, how you doing? I remember you drilling into me back in the day about that. So for me, one thing continued to lead to another and I never took it for granted whenever I would get one of these gigs, you know, Reebok was another kind of, uh, big, longer gig for me. It was three years and it started to go really well. So we extended it for two more years. And I also used that as a plane ticket, really. I would go to Berlin and France and uh, different places in Europe and Spain and Asia for my books, for talks for my books at this point. And if I was going for a Reebok gig, you know, to do an event for them, I would kind of extend the ticket and stay <laughs> and go do an event for my book, contact the publisher and say, hey, can I come in? Is there anything that I can do to support the book here? I would stay and do a Strala workshop or uh, a yoga festival occasionally if those were happening at the same time. You know, I always kind of tried to stretch out my time and be sustainable with 
with the gift of going somewhere, you know, to support another project that I was doing and then staying to support other projects that I was doing or really interested in. So for me, this is really the process of financial stability when it comes to my work. Also, there's a wonderful woman, Melissa Houston. She's an accountant by trade and skill. She interviewed me for the Forbes blog last summer, and I just fell in love with her, became friends. And uh, she has a talk with me coming out on the Strala Yoga app under the guide talk section. I'm just interviewing her about her advice for, you know, entrepreneurs and, you know, people like us, a lot of us creative types. And even if you're not doing something kind of out on your own, even if you're in a corporate job or a different kind of structure, we still have to deal with our finances. We have to deal with budgeting. We have to deal with our spending, our healthcare, you know, planning for disasters, these kinds of things. So she's a great resource. I would definitely point you to her for proper financial advice. Again, just sharing my story here. How I spend as well is super important when it comes to sustainability. It's not just earning and earning and earning and earning and piling it up under the mattress. It's watching my spending. So for me, I always want to be as flexible, this sounds so corny, but especially with yoga, as flexible as possible. I, I don't want to be stretched to my limit so I don't have choices. I waited to have Daisy until I felt like I was good. I was comfortable in exercising my itches of my career ambition. I'm still very ambitious and excited to do things but I don't feel like I need to drop her off at home in order to go out and sort of invent myself. And again, that's just me. I know a lot of people have children at different stages of life or choose not to have children at all. And this is all very unique and interesting and cool. All of my friends from high school have kids basically grown up by now. (laughs) They did it early right away. But for me, I knew I actually never wanted to have kids my whole young adult life and really young life, even when I was in kindergarten, I said, I don't want to do that. That sounds too too much for me. I want to have my own life. So I did. I have my own life. And now I have, you know, Daisy a part of my own life as well. And she has space to have her own life. But again, for me, that's sustainability and spending as well. So I love, and this is again, a gift that my parents gave me, but I also think we all can kind of cultivate this. I love sustainability when it comes to using what I have. You know, we just went to a thrift store. My mom, you know, she got all excited. Oh, you got to come check out this secondhand shop and you're going to buy all this junk you don't need. And she was kind of joking with me. So Daisy was all excited. We hadn't been inside a store for so long. (laughs) So we went to the store and Oh my gosh, everything was so organized. There was so much beautiful clothing there, all organized by color and size. And I just went through and I found so many sweaters and jeans and just clothes. I'm like, this is awesome. I got my shopping done for all my talking head gigs and my podcast. You know, I've got my my clothes. <laughs> I, I haven't had new clothes in a long time because I don't really gravitate toward spending and spending and spending on myself just to have something new. But of course, it's fun to have 
a new thing. It's fun to feel beautiful. You know, I, I enjoy that part of myself as well. But just to brag a little bit, we got, you know, six outfits, a Vogue coloring book for Daisy and a car that lights up and does all kinds of little things, a little toy car for, for under $60, <laughs> you know. And that's good for the planet, of course, yay. That's good for, for me, yay. And, and it's good for Daisy to start to pass along these practices as well. And I just love the, the craft of passing along traditions and clothes. I love knowing, I, for me, I love knowing that I'm wearing something that somebody else wore and had this whole life in, all this kind of thing. It's just fun. That's a whole other topic of, you know, fashion and clothes. Maybe we can go down that road as well. I've always been interested. My mom grew up in the 70s, so I always wore her clothing in high school, which she would let me wear. I was in this group called Business Professionals of America <laughs> when I was a kid. Such a, I'm such a nerd, by the way. I was part of a computer group. And uh, I would go to all the competitions and I would do pretty well and you know win prizes or whatever. But I would always get points off of my total because I was dressed what they would call inappropriately. I wasn't dressed showing skin or things like that inappropriately, but I would wear my mom's dresses from the 70s, you know, and they said, you need to be in, you know, pants from whatever it was back then, Ann Taylor or whatever. And, you know, I was 16, 17, and I didn't have the money to go and buy business casual clothing, nor did I want to be in business casual clothing from these stores at that age. And I just thought, well, I'll wear my mom's beautiful dresses and just express myself in this way. But, you know, it wasn't quite accepted yet. I feel like now in this time, it's been a long time that in those kind of clubs, that clothing would be okay. You know, not everybody needs to dress like a corporate banker from the 90s with shoulder pads. <laughs> so, but that's more of a fashion choice, an expression choice of myself, my own identity of myself. You know, knitting hats is something that's always given me great joy since I learned how to knit from Wool in the Gang partially because of that sustainability. I'm creating something. I can give it away. It feels really good. I'm having this interaction uh, with somebody. It's like an exchange. You know, for me, money is also this exchange. I sold blow pops out of my locker in high school to earn a little bit of cash on the side, but I also loved, probably not uh, okay with the school that I did that, but nobody really stopped me. But I loved having my locker as a sort of central hub where I could hang out and talk with people. And then I made a little cash and I would take that money and use it as gas in my car. And we would go on adventures with friends. And then yay, worked at Pizza Hut, same kind of thing, earned some money to do different adventures. I also learned how to community organize <laughs> at Pizza Hut. Been working since I was nine, you know, according to taxes demonstrating dance at the dance studio that I went to. I was always interested in just being a part of it and being a part of that energy exchange. I could take that money and save it or buy something or donate it or do something with it. I remember in the third grade, I somehow got a $20 bill. I think it was probably something I got for my birthday from my grandmother's used to give me $20 bills. And I thought, this is a lot of money. And there was this uh, world hunger drive. I'm not sure what charity it was for, but there was this 
piggy bank that was a globe in the front of the room and you could come in, the kids could come in and put change in, spare change. And I remember coming in and putting uh, my $20 in. I'm thinking, well, I feel really good. I'm donating this money. You know, some kid that doesn't have a meal is going to get a meal now. And then my mom got a call and got called into the principal's office and it was all serious. And the principal said to me, where did I steal this $20 from? And um, I need to give it back. And my mom said, well, what happened? She said, well, Tara put $20 in this donation fund. And of course, that can't be real. You know, that can't be her $20 to give away. So they assumed that I stole it. (laughs) And of course, my mom stands up for me, thankfully. She says, well, if Tara has $20, I know she has $20 from, you know, her grandmother or somebody that gave it to me. And that's where it was. So I, I didn't get expelled from school or anything, but almost. For me, it's that energy exchange, that sustainability. I don't want to earn money so I can hoard it from the world. I want to earn money so I can support myself, so I can support my family, so I can export, support my community in any way that I can, support my friends, support my surrounding area as much as I can, and uh, participate in the great exchange of moving toward a better way. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. That's my financial story. <laughs> you know, along the way, I've, I've, I've found great helpers. So when Mike and I were buying an apartment in Soho, I love this apartment. It's a, they called it a two bedroom, but it didn't have windows in the back, but it's kind of the perfect couple's apartment. You know, we had, we had Daisy, we were still there and I was like, oh, we need something bigger. We didn't really need something bigger, but kind of felt that mama bear protective of safety but uh, we needed a window (laughs) in the back bedrooms for sure. But when we bought this apartment, uh, a friend that loved yoga with us, who happens to be this kind of big shot builder, developer, beautiful person. His name's Adam Gordon. You can look him up. He's responsible for doing a lot of the things that I'm talking about here in his own life. He's from Ohio and came to New York and made his way uh, uh, creating sustainability for himself in the storage business. He kind of figured this out. And now he takes his passion for design and beauty and creates beautiful uh, apartment buildings and structures and sort of organizes flow space. And he's got this really cool project with Robert De Niro where he's building this beautiful film studio in Queens that's going to have wellness centers and all of these things and just be sustainable and gorgeous. So he's become a good friend of ours. And he's helped us in so many ways with 
the look of the Strala space in Soho and the design of lots of things and just, you know, someone you just kind of hang out with and chat. You don't realize you're being mentored and you're mentoring that person. And it's sort of just a good relationship. So he literally hooked me up with his financial advisor, who I call Money Mom. (laughs) She works for a big bank in New York. And, you know, I come in and she's like, I really, really believe in what you're doing. I believe in you. How can I help? And so cool that I called that energy in through whatever, you know, luck of the world, beauty of the world, synchronicity. Her partner there was also interested in dance and the arts and things. So I'm here at some, you know, financial meeting that could be very stressful for somebody like me especially coming in in my 70s clothes. (laughs) I'm not going to come in in my shoulder pads, but these are my people. You know, we met once in her office. Then after that, she would come and meet with me in the apartment, the studio. So she's really helped me future plan and, you know, do a lot of these things that you, you know, hear about, or maybe you have as well with uh, real estate planning and investments and stuff like that. That's not really the story that I'm here to share though, but I'm here to share the story of meeting her, Money Mom, the story of sustainability, the story of connection and beauty. I mean, we send her a Christmas card every year. <laughs> you know, I send her pictures of Daisy. I love her, you know, I ask how her mom is doing, this kind of a thing. So this quest to have connection, exchange, and really a frugality about what I need and what I want and what I desire for myself. So I have the ability to do things. I love, you know, this isn't a big spend, but I love to buy books of authors that I think are great. You know, I'll read that, you know, in a few months when I can get to it, but I can buy it now. I can donate to something if it if it pulls me in a certain way. You know, I can become an investor in something if it pulls me in a certain way. I can buy merch from my friend's band, you know, <laughs> this kind of a thing because I'm not spending a bunch of money on myself in all of these kind of clickbait ways that we can get sucked into so much. I can create Strala apparel, you know, sustainably and kind of figure that out. And I can do creative projects and not have to worry about everything being stretched really thin. So this process has been a part of my kind of forever process since I was selling blow pops on my locker in high school and teaching dance as a kid to now when I've built up more, more things and more sustainability and more structure. There's a wonderful movie I think everybody should watch this movie called The Lorax. It's a book as well. Daisy loves this movie. And it kind of warns us as a society about the destruction of hoarding, the destruction of biggering yourself. All the trees get destroyed in this movie and then everything basically dies. So spoiler alert. (laughs) But we're not really here for what happens. We're here for the lesson and biggering yourself is really the lesson. They talk about it like biggering and biggering and biggering and biggering. Well, what are you doing? Why are you biggering? Focusing on how you want to feel, focusing on stability, focusing on financial stability. How the heck am I going to do that? Well, do I need to buy 10 tubes of lipstick this month and 
and all of these things. And I know this sounds a little bit like the millennial controversy of, well, just stop drinking your Starbucks and you'll be able to, you know, buy an apartment or whatever. It's not really that. But there's so much that we all can do with what we have right now within the current structures that we live in that maybe we haven't thought about yet so far. You know, unless you have some sort of trust fund. Congratulations. Good for you. (laughs) And that's a different story. I can't really speak to that as well. But again, just sharing my story in sustainability and the goals of sustainability and how good it feels also to be sustainable. And again, I feel really lucky because the practice that I learn and share and grow with is that as well. The practice of yoga, the Tai Chi way is the practice of moving yourself in the most sustainable way. So I'm, I feel super lucky to have what I practice match up how I want to be in the world. And I feel like that's something that we all can have, whether it's your meditation practice, it doesn't need to be your job. You know, your job doesn't need to be meditation, but if you have your meditation or your yoga practice with ease, then that can inform really everything else you do. And it does anyway, just by default of having the thing that you do and then doing the other things that you're doing. So super fun. Hopefully this was interesting and fun for you all. I love talking about this stuff. You know, when I get invited to go to like the Fortune Magazine Most Powerful Women Conference, I'm like, yes, I'm going to learn from some really cool women. I can share my financial success story and I can maybe help ease the fears around biggering ourselves or maybe not biggering ourselves. All right, let's play some voicemails. Hi, Tara. It's Yvonne Leray from the Netherlands. Whoa, it's been such a long time since we saw each other in uh, Sundance in Utah. It was uh, 2019. And I was uh, getting on my big adventure with my job in Canada. And my husband was going to come to Canada as well. But then in January, of course, the pandemic hit, or not in January, March, the pandemic hit. And uh, all the plans uh, got all messed up, basically. (laughs) So since the beginning of 2021, I uh, stopped working for the company and I'm now full-time back in the Netherlands doing my thing and kind of uh, develop myself as a, what I call a entrepreneur, <laughs> doing yoga, coaching, organizing retreats. And um, my life's completely changed, but for the better. So lots of ease. I'm following my joy as you were discussing recently as well. And I'm really happy with my life right now. So just wanted to say hi and let you know all is well here in the Netherlands. Thanks for all the inspiration and so awesome to see what you're doing now also with the podcast and spreading the ease. Thank you. Bye. Oh, yay, Yvonne. Okay, I know Yvonne for a long time. She's an amazing woman. I think the first time I met Yvonne, I was leading a class in the Netherlands for a book event. And I knew she was one of us because she had started 
this online thing called Rebel Yoga. And she made a shirt and she was smiling. And I'm like, you are one of me. (laughs) So we've got to know each other over the years for sure. And I love that. I remember in Utah, we had this beautiful retreat at Sundance and she was getting ready for this next chapter of her life. And yeah, how cool life sometimes just brings you to a place you didn't expect, but is also good. And finding the good, finding the joy in in where life brings you, I think is such a beautiful thing, a beautiful skill to cultivate that Yvonne obviously has. So thanks for teaching us that, Yvonne. And thanks for teaching us that we can find joy in what we're doing, even when it's what we didn't expect to be doing, for sure. But this makes so much sense for you. I mean, I know you leading retreats and guiding yoga and doing all of these kinds of things are so you as well. All right, let's play another one. I'm learning to let go of judgment. I'm learning that there is no bad, there is no good. There simply just is. And now as I allow things to flow in my life, I let go of judgment of all things. And anytime I want to externalize, I look inward more deeply. Thank you. So much for having this voice message. So I'm able to connect with you and remind you or remind myself how appreciative I am of things such as breathing and being here in this current moment of now. With infinite possibility, with infinite potential, as we are the infinite all, we're all fractalized versions of each other. And no matter where anyone else is in their path, I will continue expanding mine and expanding myself. I've come a long way. It's been a long journey. But we continue to move forward in all aspects of our life. I'm a light being having a human experience. I send love, light, infinite abundance and prosperity in all aspects. Namaste. Wow. Mariana. Okay, first of all, I love your dog (laughs) as well. Wow, I feel like I just got a blessing. We just got blessed, you guys, from Mariana and her wisdom and reflections. I love that. So beautiful. That felt like a moment, (laughs) a church moment, I hesitate to say, but yes, I felt like a church moment for sure in a beautiful way, in a people's people's church, people's wisdoms, people's spirituality, non-denominational goodness. Oh, love that. So good. Thank you for your message. Thank you for being connected, breathing, And you never know where something's going to just come out and pull you in a good direction. And I think that's what I've learned so much along the way so far, especially with our topic today of financial stability is there's only so much you can do and you can't control anything, (laughs) really. Nothing is in our control but we can make really good choices and we can make better choices every single day. 
cooking your own food is such a financial, financially responsible decision. <laughs> I can't even really say that. But it's also just good for you. It's also amazing. It's also great for your well-being. It's great for your family. So if you want to, you know, do that, that's amazing. We're probably all, most of us are doing a lot more of that in the last couple of years. I remember writing some of my first cookbooks and kind of thinking, well, I wonder if I could make this like a $3 cookbook because all of these meals, I'm kind of doing the math, especially if you don't eat um, animal products or, or even just meat, it's not super expensive, you know, rice and beans, vegetables, things like that. Eating well shouldn't be an expensive thing, especially when you, when you can cook at home for sure. We can support each other in that just by sharing recipes and encouraging and things you can get at your local grocery store, all of this stuff. You know, we can encourage each other by, you know, I'm sharing my silly little thrift store finds online, like, hey, check out my sweater, (laughs) whatever it is. But it's that spirit of, hey, you know, you can have financial stability, you know, not in a, hey, I can do it, you can do it kind of a thing, but maybe we can encourage each other to be less wasteful in so many ways. Wasteful for our energy, wasteful for our finances, wasteful in our attention and more present, more connected, more sustainable and feel better along the way. Let's just do a couple breaths to keep this feeling a part of us or invited in for sure. Let yourself get comfortable here. Let yourself feel like you. Notice your breath moving through you. Moving you physically and emotionally. Watching how that's super connected. You'd like to invite the feeling of stability inside of you. Feel free to bring your hands to your belly. Invite that feeling in. Know that you can enjoy a full, healthy, stable life. Can make better choices every day, every moment. Every breath is an opportunity to feel better. Every choice is an opportunity to do better. And there's ripple effects with everything that you do, with every breath, with every choice. And when we make these good choices, the ripple effects just boomerang right back to us and support our wonderful desire of well-being and sustainability comfort and ease and creativity. You are so supported. Take a big inhale. Long exhale. Give yourself a little wiggle, a little roll. 
Have a wonderful day. Practice along if you're in the mood on Strala Home, Strala Yoga app. We're there every day. Happy to help. If you need help, let us know. Reach out. <sighs> Most importantly, take good care of you. And uh, leave me a voicemail if you're in the mood. Go to terrastyles.com. There should be a button handy. And uh, let me know how it's going. Big hugs. Take good care. And see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.